to bless you all this evening. We'll turn right to the word. Thank you, musicians. Do you want to send greetings from all the saints in Europe? Brother Kyle and myself had the opportunity to go to Belgium and speak there. It's my third time there, but it was just a real uh, privilege to have Brother Kyle along. And I want to send greetings from all the ministry there, Brother David Mayer, Brother Guido, and especially the pastor there, Brother David Iverson. It's had a really good time. There was 230 young people uh, represented by 22 different countries. So just a real, real mixture, and we're just real thankful we don't have translators. So there's about five different languages they were translating into, but tonight, uh, if I stop momentarily, because I'm waiting on someone else to pick up the, pick up the slack. But let's go ahead and go right to the word John chapter 15. We welcome you in the presence of the Lord tonight. Amen. You don't have to be nervous for me. I'm not nervous, so just relax, enjoy the word. Read John chapter 15, verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 3. I want to thank Brother Tim for taking Wednesday night, having grace on me once I got back with no voice. I appreciate that. <laughs> Matthew chapter 3, let's start reading at verse 9. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to rise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid under the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth forth, bringeth not forth good fruit, is hewn down and cast in the fire. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, it's good to be back in your house. Lord, we thank you so much for this morning's service, the word that we heard. We pray once more that you come by our way and administer words of eternal life to our hearts. Lord, I'm very aware that if you don't come, this service will be in vain. So Lord, I make you the, the welcome guest in our attendance here tonight. Pray you would speak to our hearts in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You may have your seats. God bless you. I want to start this evening with a quote by the Branham uh, said in, it was not so from the beginning, the Branham says, I was in Phoenix the other day where I saw several fruits growing on one orange tree. There was a lemon and a group fruit, grapefruit, glory, and a tangerine, and all kinds of fruits growing out there on the same orange tree. And I said to Brother John Sherritt, a Pentecostal brother, I said, Brother John, what kind of tree would you call that? He said, that's an orange tree. Well, I said, how does it have lemons on it? How does it have grapefruit and tangerines and, oh, several different kinds of citrus fruit? Oh, he said, they were grafted into it. I said, but I want to ask you something. Now, when blossoming time comes, does that grapefruit blossom? He said, yes, sir. Does the lemon blossom? 
Yes, sir, right by the orange. What about next year? It'll produce the same fruit that the branch has always been. The life inside the branch determines the fruit that each branch bears forth. The life inside of the branch is what determines what type of fruit that branch will bring forth. And regardless of how well the grafting process is done, can I say tonight, regardless of how well the mechanics are done, that branch cannot do anything but bring forth the life that's already inside of it. There's a dynamics, there's a life inside of that branch, and it will bear forth that life in the form of fruit. Tonight, with the help of the Lord, we're going to take a little subject and title it Grafted Branches. Grafted Branches. And our question tonight is, have we just been grafted into the message? Have we just been grafted into our church? Or has there been an original life that's been quickened within our hearts, and we haven't just been put into this church and grafted into it? Have we just been attached or associated with the message? Or have we, have we just been grafted into a social community of nice people? We can come to church and even people that might not necessarily want to be here for the right reasons, because there's a social community, because there's other like-minded individuals, we can become a community of individuals. But if we're not careful, there's, there's people that can come into our midst and attach to the vine of a church or to the vine of the message and become grafted into it. And with, because they have the mechanics just right and they might wear the, the the same clothes as us or say the same words as us or know the same scriptures as us because the mechanics are right we believe they're part of the same tree because they come to our church or they believe brother Branham is a prophet but we want to see here tonight that there can actually be an individual's life that they might have the mechanics just right but because the life and the dynamics are not there they've been grafted into the vine now when we look at natural botany life grafted branches are not as strong as the original branches. So if a branch has been grafted in, for instance, this the case here, Brother Branham was in Arizona, and he saw this tree bearing all sorts of citrus uh, fruits, and he said, well, how can this be? And Brother John Sherritt said, well, they grafted, they cut out a certain part of the vine, insert that branch, and it's able to bear forth its own life, living off of the life of the original vine. And so what we want to be careful of as believers is that we don't just come to a church or affiliate ourselves with the message and get from its life stream, which it has, but because we have not been original life, we become grafted into this message. But we find that grafted branches are not as strong as the original. They're more susceptible to disease and they can be affected by harsh climates. And it reminds me of, of the time uh, when a, a tree might be just growing forth, but there might be grafted branches, there might be original branches of that tree, of that original vine. But as the time would go on and harsh winds would blow and a winter season would come and blizzards might come and, and different uh, climate changes come, those grafted branches are more susceptible to disease. They're more susceptible to being, uh, becoming dead because of those harsh climates. And so we find here, even in the message, and I was, we want to look in John chapter 6. If you look there in John chapter 6, verse 66, we find that there were many disciples and followers of Jesus that left him. 
He started to say a lot of hard things, a lot of things they didn't understand. Maybe you could say that the, the winds of doctrine began to blow on the tree of Jesus' followers. And there began to be a realization that not everyone on that tree was of the original life. There had been people that had been following along with the message. People that had been following along and been grafted into the church, we might say, and had followed after Jesus. Because they liked the, when he was breaking the bread and breaking the fish. They liked when he was raising the dead. They liked the miracles that he brought. They liked when, uh, the, st- uh, the snapshot of him standing against water, causing it to cease, and uh, the peace to the storm. They liked all of those things, and it was easy to go along with the message of Jesus at that time. But we find in John, John 6, verse 66, many followers of Jesus turned away. And it was because they were grafted in and not of the original vine. Because they were grafted in, and when the going got tough, they fell away. And we find people go so long in the message, they were conform to the standards of the message, look like they're inserted into the vine, inserted inside of the church, come to church, feel like they're among us, they're one with us, they even bear fruit, they, they come to church, they, they look just like us, they talk like us, say the quotes like us. But then when harsh times come, doctrines come into the church you'll see that the ones that have been grafted in that are just here for social standing or just here because their family was here and it's a very uh it's a common thing or a very dangerous thing that those raised in the message can become affiliated with the message but not accept the original life of the original vine so here we find in john chapter 6 that 70 disciples, many followers that once followed Jesus turned and went away because when the times got hard, the grafted branches began to wither. And then Jesus asked the question to the 12 disciples and said, Will you go also? He said, Will you go also? At a time of harsh winds, maybe there wasn't, it was just, it didn't seem like there was much fruit on the tree. Just, where was, the, where was this all going? He was saying hard things. He, people didn't really believe what was going on. There's a lot of questions. A lot of winds blowing. And then Jesus turns to his 12 disciples and says, Will you go also? And tonight the question is, will you go also? When so many have been grafted in the message and now are becoming to fall away and become a wither, their branches are beginning to wither, will you also go? And Peter responded back and he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? In other words, we haven't been grafted into this vine. This is the original vine that we have come out of. And it's not us holding on to the vine. The vine is holding on to us. And you find the individual that within their own power and in their own strength are trying to hold on to the standards of the message. They've been grafted in. And when times get hard, when things, temptations begin to come their way, spirits of the enemy begin to fight them they'll fall away and they'll begin to wither. But tonight we as the disciples are saying to him, to whom shall we go? What other tree can give us of the well of eternal life? What other tree can we be attached to that gives us holy uh, young men and women? What other tree can we be attached to that gives us a pure walk with God? That gives us thirst after the things that are right? To whom shall we go? Because that branch that has original life, there's something inside of that vine that holds on to that branch. That branch can't be plucked by the enemy because there's a greater force inside of that vine that's holding on to it. And if, you, if Satan is trying to put inside of your mind that he's going to take you off of this vine, the eternal vine, whether it be the church or whether it be the message or whether it be the vine, Jesus Christ, whatever it is, 
if Satan is trying to put that thought inside of your mind, let me put him on notice tonight. The, the strength within the vine is greater than any enemy's force that would try to pluck your life from that vine. Because in that vine is eternal life. In that vine is healing. In that vine is a deliverance. And as long as you stay tapped in to that vine, you will receive the benefits of that original life. I believe tonight by the end of this service, the original life will mean something a little bit different than it had before. A little, a little something sweeter to you. But there's something within the heart of the believer that wants to stay attached to that vine. Like Peter, to whom shall we go? For thou alone hast the words of eternal life. Something keeps holding me. But grafted branches also bring forth fruit. Tonight we're speaking about grafted branches, but grafted branches in botany life, they also bring forth fruit. And in times of revival, an individual that's just been grafted mechanically into a church, they too can receive fruits. Times of revival come and they receive fruits. But Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. And when you look at an individual's life and you see the fruit that their life is bearing forth, you can tell a lot about that individual and the life that's inside of them. The mechanics might just look the same like any other person inside the church. Everyone might just look the same. But the fruit of that branch, bear, the fruit that it bears, shows and reflects the life, the dynamics inside. Well, the Bram talks about how you can be with a person for just five minutes and know what their character's like. You know what their spiritual life is like. Why? You just have to look at the fruit. What's the fruit of your life? What is your, is your life? We know the fruits of the Spirit. Are you bringing forth love? Are you bringing forth joy? Are there those fruits that would indicate to others around you that you're tapped into the right vine, tapped into the right life, tapped into the right dynamics? And there might be other different types of fruit, and you can tell if they are a part of the original branch or if they have another life inside of them. And I wonder tonight if we've allowed too many other lives inside of our life, and we've tapped too many, and we've grafted too many branches of other trees into this vine. Because if, if an individual goes and they're, they're starting to bear forth fruit of something, some other life, you have to look back and ask, where did that life come from? You say all of a sudden you start seeing in someone's life a branch of fashion starts to grow. And it's no longer fruit of the Spirit. It's wild gourds, as we'll get to Brother Brown says, wild gourds. And a different life begins to grow. And it's because they've allowed spirits of the enemy to come away, chisel away at their vine, and insert some other branch. And that branch can get life from that vine. And someone can come to church and interact with everyone here. And they can come to camps. And they can go to a, a church school. They can respect the ministry and have a friend, friends here in the church. And get life from the vine. But if they're grafted in, their life will begin to fair, bear forth a different type of fruit. And we see different types of branches that can be grafted into an individual's life that is of another life, whether it be sports or, or fashion or things of this world, different spirits of lust can get in. And if someone's been feeding on something, if the life inside of them has been, is, is of not of the original life, it'll start to bear forth of that different life. But the Bram says, you can take a graft and put it in there. It'll never bear the life of the vine. Right. No, sir. The life of the vine is grapes. 
it bears grapes. Every one it produces, every one it produces bears grapes. Watch this now. Man can graft anything in there. That's what the matter is today. We've grafted too much man-made doctrines. We got wild gourds and everything else in it. But when the vine itself puts forth a branch, it'll be a Pentecostal branch full of the Holy Ghost doing the same signs and wonders that they did at the beginning. So you might look at your life tonight. And if, if anything tonight, I'd want it to be a time of assessment. And you look at the vine of your life and see what fruits your tree is bearing out. Because if there's things as we look at the tree of your life and you begin to see branches that are getting out, out of order just a little bit, or you begin to see a gourd beginning to grow, you watch that life. That different life has a, a purpose and an intent as we'll get into. But the Brahman says, and if that first church was a product of that vine, Jesus Christ, and wrote a book of Acts out of it, the second branch will have to be the same thing. Now this is key. Or it's been grafted into something that has a different life. I want you to hold that in your heart there. Different life. And he goes on. He says, if the first branch brought forth joy, love, loyalty, the gifts of the Spirit, casting out devils and spirits, water baptism by immersing, and if we don't find... All that in the church, the church is not getting its life from the vine. You say, well, where is this in my life? Where is my walk with God? Where is my prayer life? You've become grafted into another tree and are no longer receiving life from the vine, which is Jesus Christ. Tonight, if you're falling off on side, um, off some uh, of the tree, if you've fallen off and just laying there, I pray God would pick you back up and put you back on the tree where you belong. Brother Branham says, the church, if it's not got all of that, is not getting its life from the vine. And I want to say tonight, I want to say this, there's enough power in the original seed to push out foreign life. There's enough power in the seed to push out foreign life. And there might be things as you inspect the, the vine of your heart this evening. You might look and you might see false fruit. You might see life from a different tree. You might see spirits of lust. You might see spirits of, that have glommed onto you from Satan. Different friendships and things like that. But I want to say tonight that there is more power in the original seed. That that vine once was started by. And that power is more more powerful than the fruit that has been getting to grow in your tree. Jesus Christ was the original seed that was planted inside the ground. And Jesus Christ did not die in vain. He was a seed that was planted inside the ground. 2,000 years ago, he was put down inside of the ground. And he began to grow. He, was, he died, went into the ground, and he began to grow. And it didn't lay dormant. It began to grow. And it's gone through the ages, and it's begun to bear forth branches, and it's begun to grow, and it's gone through the Holocaust, it's gone through uh, trials and temptations, it's gone through famines and hardships, it's gone through uh, ethnic cleansings, it's gone through martyrs, it's gone through time, and it continues to put out branches. And that seed down inside, when this, the seed comes, the life comes through that vine, it bears forth the fruit that that seed, the life inside that seed, bears fruit the same life in the fruit 
And if you have other four in life, as Brother Branham says, if you have different life from some other tree, I want to say tonight that the power in that original seed is greater than the power and the dynamics inside the branch that Satan has put onto your life. That you've allowed to grow. Brother Branham says, you've done the sinning, you do the confessing. You've done the sinning. You've allowed that branch to grow in your life. By the grace of God tonight, maybe there'll be someone like to take out a sharp sword. They begin to, as you inspect the vine of your heart, you begin to look at branches that shouldn't be there. And the fruit of those branches are not bearing forth the life of that original seed. I want to say tonight that there's enough power in this original seed to push out spirits of sickness. There's enough power in this original seed to push out spirits of lust, to push out spirits of depression, to push out spirits of homosexuality, to push out spirits of adultery, because that original seed did not die in vain. And he didn't just go into the ground as one man expecting to just become out, raise the dead and be one man. He went into the ground as a seed to bear forth much fruit. And tonight I'm looking at a lot of branches and I pray you haven't been just grafted into this message, but there's something inside of you that corresponds with the life inside of that seed. Because if there is, if your branch corresponds with that original life, you'll begin to bear forth fruit. And that fruit will correspond to the life down inside. And Jesus didn't die as one man expecting to raise as one man and that be it. That one seed went into the ground and it began to grow. And a church began to form and branches began to grow. But he didn't just want branches. He wanted much fruit. And inside of that fruit would be the same life, the same seed, the original seed that was down inside the ground. Now we look in the Bible, the foolish virgins with no oil in their lamps. They tried to become grafted branches. They had no life of their own, so they asked to be grafted into the church. We find that they they went to the wise virgins. Brother Bram says, each age bore the true vine of Christ, the wise virgin. But he says, and each age bore the grafted vine, the foolish virgins. But I want to say tonight, you aren't foolish virgin. You weren't just grafted into this message. There's a seed down inside of you that corresponds back before the foundation of the world. And if we were to do a genetic test, that life would come from that original seed and not from some foreign life. Brother Bram says, each age bore the true vine of Christ, the wise virgin. And tonight I want to say this, if you have need of healing... Tap into the vine. If you, need, uh, if you have a need and you need deliverance, tap into that vine. All that you have need of is inside of the vine. But what you've allowed yourself to do is get a li- uh, cut away from that vine and you no longer receive the, the benefits of that vine. And as we saw in the scripture, when those branches became separated from the vine, they begin to wither. And when they begin to wither, as the parable says, they gathered them up and they went and burned them. And I want to say tonight, God didn't place you on this earth to be a barren branch. God didn't put you on this earth to be a barren tree and bear forth no fruit. In fact, the Bible says He would desire that you would bear forth much fruit. 
As we know in, in, the, in the church, Brother Bram talks about how there's unbelievers, make-believers, and true believers. So as we look tonight at the vine of the church, or we look at the vine of the message, I want you to keep in mind that there's different branches. There might be, they might just all look the same, and they're all tied into the vine. There's all something that they have, they have some sort of attachment. Whether they were born in this, or whether they like the people here, or whether there's something really down deep inside of them, they're all attached somehow. But Brother Bram talks about there's unbelievers, make-believers, and there's true believers. Now, I, I want to have a quick demonstration, if that's okay. Just come from youth camp, so we have to have demonstrations. I wonder, uh, who's on the lights up there? Oh, but Anthony, could you turn off all the lights real quick? Just turn them off. Brother John Manassi had a similar uh, demonstration of this years ago. I still remember this. Just turn the lights completely off. Darkness. Wow, mercy. Glory. Now turn the lights back on, Brother Anthony. Look at that. Can you turn them off again, Brother? All right, now turn, turn them back on. You say, why did those lights turn back on? Why did, why did the lights all of a sudden turn? Because Brother Anthony pushed that button. And you say, well, well you know, I, I know they're all wired. I know that when he pushes that button, there's wires that connect each of these, uh, these lights and that, make it, that makes them turn on. And you say, well, you know, there's, there's, a law, there's a law here, and it's called a law of science, that when he pushes that button and there's wires that go to these different bulbs, that there's electrons that flow and there's, there's filaments and there's light begins to come forth. I want to say tonight that there's also another law. It's called the law of predestination. And when God put your, his finger on your life, before the foundation of the world, he wired you so that when he would come and put his finger on your life, you'd respond to the word. And if Satan would try to tell you that you are not part of this original vine, I'd like to tell him tonight that when God puts his finger on your life, something begins to bubble up inside. That light has no other option but to turn on. It's been wired for it. You might say, well, I look around and why didn't those lights turn on? Why didn't those lights... Why is the so-and-so not bearing forth fruit in the church? Why is their, why is their branch withered? Make-believers, unbelievers, and true believers. They weren't ever wired to be there. They were never wired to bring forth fruit. But I want to say that you have been wired before the foundation of the world. And this vine, the original life that came up, he predestinated you to respond to the life that was inside of that seed. But the Bram says, though, why do you hunger, church? This is a common quote. Why do you hunger, church? Why do you thirst? It's the Father trying to reveal this hidden secret to you. But you let so many things get it out of you. You let your job, you let your wife, you let your husband, you let your children, you let the cares of this world, you let some pastor, you let somebody else get that out of you when you know that way down deep inside your heart there's a thirsting and a hungering. It's God trying to reveal it to you, that revelation. But far too often I find we've grafted other things into this vine. And it takes the life out of the vine. And we allow other spirits to get on into our life and it begins to take away, as Brother Bram says, it begins to, you, you get, let so many things get it out of you. But tonight we want to prune off those branches that you've grafted in. 
You might have allowed things inside of your life to just kind of come inside of your life. And all of a sudden, that branch begins to grow and there's fruit from a different life. But we want to prune those off. Now, God, God will prune your life. God will come forth and he'll take a sharp sword of the word. And he'll begin to start cutting things off of your life. And pruning isn't always easy. It isn't always easy for the tree. When a tree is cut, there can actually be wounds that form from that cut. There might be a, that, that, that tree can get a side of infection, and it can be very painful for that tree. You say, well, why would you do that? Especially fruit trees. They have to be pruned at a certain time, at a certain place. Why would you cause the, that tree pain? Why would you risk its life and that it, there might be an infection there? Why would God send a temptation my way? Why would he send a trial? Why would he send a sickness? He's trying to prune things out of your life. And you say, why is he doing that? Why? That's painful. That's hard. That's causing a wound. He's wanting to bear forth more fruit in your life. When God puts the harsh word, uh, a, a sword inside of your life, whether it be a trial or a temptation, something, some circumstance begin to cut down inside of your life. Inside the heart of a believer, there's a real joy that begins to take place. It might not be easy, but you know the vineyard man is a wise man, and he knows which branches need to be cut off. And this person just goes on, they, so all of a sudden, different life begins to grow on their tree. And God will come and just say, no. I need to take that out. I need to take that off there. I need, I need, to, I need to cut that away. That little spirit there, that, that temper, I, just, I need to cut that there. It started to grow and it's starting to bear forth another life. And there might be two, two branches on a tree, on a fruit tree. And if they're crossed over, and they're crossed over like this, it might just seem fine, and they might bear forth fruit and everything, but as time would go on, and the wind would begin to blow, those branches begin to rub together. And you say, well, that tree just looks so beautiful, and it's so thick, and it has wonderful leaves. But as time goes on, and those branches begin to rub on each other, there begins to start a wound that begins to grow inside of there. Because one of those branches shouldn't be there. You might look at the life of an individual, it just seems so small. Something so small, so innocent. But those branches, a branch that a foreign life begins to grow. And it begins to grow in that tree and years go by. Just seems fine. Just seems fine. But then God will send a, a, a servant of God and he'll say, No, no, we need to cut that out of our life. We need to cut one of those branches. Why? Because if, that, if you allow that branch to keep going and time goes on, the wind begins to keep blowing and those branches begin to move and they continue to have friction. There causes a wound there. And at that site of infection, that wound, there can be infection. And there can be uh, different diseases get inside of that wound and begin to poison the plant. All because someone didn't prune away a branch that should have been pruned many years ago. Something so small. And that wound begins to grow on, on one of those branches. And an insect will come to that, that little site of infection and it will get inside of the tree. And that little insect will get a little spear, will get inside of a life of an individual, and all of a sudden it begins to eat away. It begins to eat away at their joy. It begins to eat away at their prayer life. It begins to eat away. Like Brother Brown says, you let so many other things get it out of you. And there's still life inside of the vine. There's still life inside of the branch. But you've allowed something to stay there too long. Time has gone on. Now there's a wound. And a little insect gets inside of there and begins to eat away. But the, the, the objective of that little insect might not be uh, evident right away. 
It might just kill off one branch. But if you don't prune that branch off, that insect will continue to grow and multiply and grow and, and continue to go into that. Now it's in the branch. Now it gets into the vine. And again, all of a sudden, the leaves start falling off. And we know that the leaves are a type of the mechanics. And all of a sudden, you see someone's life, maybe they're not dressing just right. Maybe they're starting, their spirit isn't just right. What is it? The mechanics are starting to fall apart. The leaves of their life have started to fall off because they've allowed foreign life inside of their vine. And that little insect just begins to eat away and reproduce. And the objective of that insect is to get the vine and then get down and obstruct the seed life down inside the ground. And the objective of Satan is not for you just to be sick one day or have a temper one day or maybe fall into temptation one day. He's eventual is to quench the life, the seed life that was put inside of you before the foundation of the world. But I want to tell you tonight, greater is He that is inside of you than any little insect that Satan would like to put inside of your life. That He'd like to send from some other tree. That little insect that's some, from some friend or from some colleague or some other person. Send a little insect your way. All because of little two branches. One of those branches should have been cut off and pruned away. But I'm reminded of uh, the scripture Brother, Brother Tom mentioned this morning. A wonderful scripture. You might say, you might look at your life and you say, it seems like Satan is just eating it all up. You see, I look at the tree of my life and all the branches are dead. And all the leaves have fallen off and it's withered. And there's no fruit on my tree. There's no more joy. There's no more prayer life. There's no real passion in my heart. And you look at the vine, it's beginning to get withered and cankered and there's cracks forming in, inside of that vine now. And you say, the insects that Satan has put inside my heart begin to eat me away. But there is a promise in Joel chapter 2 that says, I will restore all the years that the canker worm and the palmer worm and the locust has eaten. And if that is your lot tonight and you look at your tree and you've allowed insects, don't allow that to disregard the power of the original life down inside of the seed that is able to push out old life. Able to push out withered limbs. Able to push out those insects. As we're going to get into a little bit, there's a product that's called Roundup. You spray it on that branch. Those, those, those little crossing branches, just something so small, causes that side of infection. And Satan would like to get in, just a little harsh word. Someone said something a little off. The spear was off just a little bit. Maybe there's a sickness in the home. It just seems like there's a little wound, but Satan would like to try to get inside of that. He's trying to get inside of you and try to work at the, the life, the dynamics down inside. And maybe there's been a cross-pollination from other spirits. And some other spirit has come over onto your tree and has begun to pollinate with your tree. And some other different life has come on to, in, into your tree now. Maybe you've, you've got around the wrong crowd. Maybe, maybe you've just gone away from the Spirit too long. Maybe there hasn't been a continual washing of the water of the Word. And you've allowed a cross-pollination. Some other branch, some other tree has sent over its life. And all of a sudden, something so small, just a little bud, begins to grow on your tree. A little grafted branch that Satan just puts over onto your life. Just a little something says, oh, you can take this. And that tree, that branch begins to grow. 
and it starts bearing forth wild gourds and you look at it, it's, it's no longer reflective of the original seed. And then all of a sudden the tree of knowledge begins to send over its, its pollination. And on your tree you say, well, I have fruit, I have life. But all of a sudden there's a cross-pollination and something comes over from the tree of knowledge and comes over onto your tree. And maybe you're just searching on the internet and all of a sudden Satan sends a little cross-pollination over onto your tree. Starts off so small. But, it's, but see, this is, the, this is the thing. Satan doesn't just want a branch to be withered. He doesn't just want you to be sick. He's wanting an entrance to get to the vine, which then he can get to the original life seed down below the ground. And you watch an individual, they, 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 a branch in their life, a spirit, that's been grafted into their life. The winds begin to blow and times come and there's a wound. An insect gets in. Things start to happen. And they don't prune away that. And all of a sudden, another branch begins to continue to grow. A branch that should have been cut off. And then that, that branch, it didn't have any fruit on it. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. It just look, looks like everybody else. But as time goes on, that, fruit, that, uh, that branch begins to bear forth fruit. And that fruit, as time would go on, it'd go through the harvest season, and that fruit would drop off. Now, inside of that fruit is other seeds and other life. You say, well, it's just one, one piece of fruit. But the objective of Satan is that if you allow that thing to continue to go on, now that fruit, as it, you know, fall time comes, the leaves fall off, now the fruit falls, and inside of that fruit, that foreign life, is other seeds. And now all of a sudden, the original seed becomes in competition with other foreign life. Because now that seed, that fruit falls to the ground, breaks open, and the life, the seeds begin to, gr- begin to filter out of that fruit. Other seeds from a different tree that have been grafted onto your, you've allowed to be grafted onto your vine. That fruit has grown. You've allowed that time to go on. Now that fruit falls off. Those seeds begin to grow. And now all of a sudden, the original seed is in competition with other seed. And now all of a sudden when you get home from work, there's other spirits that are in competition for your time, in competition for your energy, in competition for what you're passionate about. And all of a sudden there's other seed around at the bottom of the tree. But that's okay. That's okay. It's just seed. You can't see. There's no tree. There's, no, there's nothing growing. But you let that little seed begin to grow. And all of a sudden it begins to keep growing and you allow it to water with, the, with your mind. And you allow it to dwell and you give it time and you give it energy. And all of a sudden, your tree, your vine starts to look a little bit withered. Because it's been, been, gotten in competition with other seed, other seed life. And that little seed begins to grow. It might seem so small at first, just a little bud. But that other spirit, that other life begins to grow. And now it becomes in competition with the vine. As it begins to grow, it begins to compete for sunlight. It begins to compete for, 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 for time and attention in your life. It's beginning to grow and grow and grow. And there's a thing in, in botany life, it's called uh, tr- uh, the, the largest branches. They'll start actually getting in competition. And they're trying to compete for sunlight. And it all started back with a little branch. Should have been cut long, long time ago. Those leader branches, they can compete for dominance. In Genesis chapter 3, there was a, a different life that got grafted in and brought forth serpent seed. 
A branch began to grow that was not of the original life. And I want you to see what destruction it brought to humanity. That little branch, the serpent comes into the garden and inserts a little seed, a little something, into the, into the, the vine, the true vine, the original seed. And it begins to create destruction. And we look back and we see the destruction it's caused to humanity. And that one little seed, that false seed that came inside... It caused a cane. And as we look at these two vines, a cane and an Abel, they become in competition. And that cane seed wants to eliminate that Abel seed. And you allow some little spirit inside of your life, something that's not of the original seed, something that's been grafted in, that you've allowed Satan to graft inside of your life, and it begins to compete for dominance. Lot, we see Lot in the scripture, he pitched his tents towards Sodom. And what did he do? He accepted life from another spirit. And see the destruction that it brought to his family. And you watch a family's heart and a family's life as they would go on. They allow some little spirit inside their life. Some other branch begin to grow that's not of the original vine. And you watch the destruction it causes. You watch how it begins to compete for the love and affection of, their, of the family. And you know how it would like to compete and go down through time. You see Lot. You see, well, there was incest. And then his, his wife was turned to a pillar of salt. It all traced back to one thing. Lot pitched his tents towards Sodom. Amen. Lot allowed some little other sea life to be grafted inside of his tree. And that tree began to bear forth fruit. Maybe it was a magazine. Maybe it was a site that, some, that Mrs. Lot saw. And that little, that little branch got inserted and started to bear forth a different life. And oh, the destruction that would bring on down, down the road. The first stage of a dying tree is wilting leaves. And a lot of times we talk about the leaves being the mechanics. And the dynamic, and we say, it's not all about the leaves, it's all about the dynamics, it's all about the fruit. But let me say this tonight, don't neglect the mechanics. Don't neglect the leaves. Amen. Satan would like to come and wilt our leaves. He'd like to send other, other uh, spirits inside of an individual's life that take the life out of the vine and the leaves begin to wilt. All of a sudden the standards begin to slip. All of a sudden, things begin to come inside of the church. Other foreign life get inside of the vine. But the Bram says, you see that around here today. They'll graft a tree, split something on one, and graft it over here on the other one. That ain't what that tree produced. Watch this now. It's just giving enough life to hold on. But it's not original fruit from the tree. And I want to say tonight that God didn't just give us enough power to hold on. He didn't just give us enough power to just barely hold on to the tree of life. He made us more than conquerors. And no longer is it He living, uh, us living out, trying to act and be good. He's living through us. He, the vine, is grabbing onto our life. Jesus did not die in vain. He is the original life that was buried as a seed. And that same life that was in the seed becomes multiplied in the fruit. Because he said, greater is he that is in you. 
Greater, great, he said, you'll do greater than this. He's not more, not in, as far as magnitude as he raised people from the dead, we know. But he, it was greater as far as more in number. In other words, the seed that went inside the ground, one man, Jesus, going inside of a tomb and dying, was to be, come forth as a vine and bear forth much fruit to bear forth more and greater works to bear forth much fruit. God intended that you would bear forth much fruit. But God will prune away things in your life. As we get to where we want to go tonight, God will prune away things in your life and a branch that gets too far away from the vine is likely to collapse and break off. And that tree would begin to grow, but a vine begins to grow out and it begins to grow and grow. And if that, vine, if that husband of the vineyard doesn't cut that branch off, that branch will collapse. It'll fall off. It'll break off. And you watch a little spear that just gets someone off just a little bit. You have to get them away from the true vine. Get them away from church, around from fellowship. And if they're not careful, if they don't prune that thing off, there'll be a collapse. You see a family collapse. You see, all of a sudden, it looks so fine, so good. They even bear forth fruit. They just had, they had a wonderful family, wonderful. And all of a sudden, just getting further and further away from the vine. No longer is there devotions. No longer is there a prayer life. They just get further. And, for, and if you don't watch that, it'll collapse and it'll break. But God is wanting to come into our hearts and cut away those things. And He's wanting to prune those things inside of our life. Because He wants to bring forth much fruit in your life. And no wonder there'd be a gen- in this generation a prophet call out, say, stay in line. Don't get so far off to this side or so out far to this side that you begin to fall away, breaking off of the true vine. Now, if you turn into your Bibles to Luke chapter 13, I hope I'm not boring you tonight. Luke chapter 13, verse 6. I'm sorry for such a long foundation, but we'll just wrap it up here quickly. Luke chapter 13. Jesus spake a parable, verse 6. He says, A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then he said unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. Verse 9, and if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. Aren't you happy tonight he never gives up on you? God's never given up on you. You know, even when other people would have written you off, said they're not bearing fruit. They're not even going to be, they're not called. They're not elected. There's no seed inside of them. Other people would have wrote you off. But God's never given up on you. God's never given up on you. Don't give up on God. People would like to, they come to church and they're trying, they're wanting to bear forth fruit. They're wanting to bear forth fruit. And God's pruning their life, but they get a little disgruntled. They say, why am I not bearing fruit? And they give up on God. God's never given up on you. Don't give up on God. Young people, they they come and they begin to get discouraged. They don't see the fruit in their life. And all of a sudden, there's just a bunch of leaves. Am I just coming to church? Am I just, am I just... You know, just part of everyone else. I'm just, the mechanics are just right. I dress like everyone else. I look like everybody else. But there's no fruit there. And they'll begin to give up. And they'll begin to let their leaves begin to wilt. And it's a good thing for a believer, even when they go through hard times, to remember that the mechanics are still right. Stay connected to the vine. Stay connected to the life 
seed that was put inside of you before the foundation of the world. Don't allow some spirit of the enemy to detach you from your life stream. Don't give up on God because he's never given up on you. He never planted you to be barren and be cut down. Because God's desire for you is that you would bear forth much fruit. And he won't give up on you. See, there's no fruit in my life. It seems like it's all barren. It seems like there's withered branches. And he begins to just dig around that tree. He says, let's have another service. Let's have a, let's have a little bit of a Wednesday night. Let, let's, ha, let's, have a little, let's have a Friday night prayer meeting. Let's put a, a, a burden on someone's heart to sing a special. Let's have someone say a prayer at Friday night prayer meeting. And he just begins to keep digging around your tree. Begin to work with your tree. And you say, well, how, how is that even possible? You can cut my life and cut these, this off. And there's hardship and there's trials. And why did this happen? Why did this happen in my life? Do you know it might take two to six years for a fig tree to bear forth fruit? What if, that fig tr- what if the vineyard man gave up after one year or two years? Here now, a vineyard man is trying to give up after three years. And the vineyard man is saying, one more year. Just one more year. And God would come inside of your heart, inside of your life. And it seems like it's barren. And other people write you off. But God's saying, no, no. I'm not going to give up on him. One more service. Let's have one more camp. Brother Michael, let's have winter camp one more time. Let's dig around this tree a little bit more. Let's fertilize it a little bit. Let's, let's try to get some fruit work. Let's work with what's on this tree. God's never given up on you. You might feel like there's no life on your tree tonight. I want to tell you one thing. You're going through winter. You're going through a winter season. There's no, you say, there's no, there's no fruit on my life. There's not even leaves. I don't even look like a believer. I don't even, there's things that are beginning to fall away. And now I've gone through this experience in my heart, inside of my life. It just seems like there's no life. You're in a winter season. In a time of winter, it's not a time to throw in the towel. Because there's no less life inside of that tree in winter than in spring. This, the life has gone back down inside the roots. But there is a promise of springtime. And you might look at your situation. And you might look at your family and seem like it's all dead around you. But don't throw in the towel. It's not time to get separated from the vine. It's not time to leave the church or count all as lost. Because there is a promise of springtime. And the same life that was inside of that original seed will once again begin to grow inside of that vine. And as long as you're attached, to that vine you will bear the benefits of the vine you see I don't see any holiness in my family I've seen my family slip away I've seen the joy in my family slip away I've seen my prayer life slip away but there is a promise of springtime you see I let the insects have got inside of my heart inside of my life and begin to eat away at that life I shall restore all the years all the years that the canker worm and the palm worm and the locust has eaten You know, even Aaron's rod had absolutely no life on it. But inside the presence of God, uh, bear forth buds and almonds. And you might look at your life tonight and you say, it's not even a tree. I've actually been severed from the tree. I've been cut off. And I'm just a dead branch. There's no life inside of me. There's no desire. There's no passion. There's no thirst for the things of God. But you get inside that presence just one time. 
and overnight that bud, th- that staff begin to bear forth buds. And you watch the life of an individual really getting the, uh, under the impact of the Holy Spirit, and their life all of a sudden starts to bear forth life, and all of a sudden joy, and all of a sudden the, the desire for prayer gets back inside of them, and all of a sudden you like to look at their life and you start to see some fruit. But God's not even interested in just a little bit of fruit. He'll begin to see cutting away. And you say, why? I've just begun. I've just begun to grow in the Lord. I just have, I've just started to have a desire for the things of God. God isn't interested in just having a little bit of fruit. He's desiring that you would have much fruit. Why is the believer's life filled with turmoil and hurt and struggle and trials and tribulation? It's because God is so interested in making you bear forth much fruit. Because He is the vine and ye are the branches. Now, there's been a chemical that was, has been developed by scientists and man. It's been developed to keep foreign weeds from growing. Great wise men have developed this chemical, and they've called it Roundup. And Roundup consists of a, a chemical called glyphosate. And glyphosate is the main ingredient of this, of this, uh, this Roundup product. And the, the chemical for, uh, compound of, this, of this, uh, this spray that they use... Is consists of carbon and hydrogen and, and, and nitric oxide and phosphate. And it's the, the chemical name is C3H8NO5P. I know that means absolutely nothing to everybody. But it, mean, it has that chemical compound, C3H8NO5P, because those scientists knew if you got those chemicals just right, if you get those chemicals, a little bit of this element, a little bit of this element, you put them together, they'd, bear, they'd do something that they needed to have happen. Because that roundup inhibits the growth of certain enzymes within a plant or a weed. And without those enzymes, those weeds cannot produce proteins which are necessary for the growth of that weed. So this Roundup is sprayed on plants and it's sprayed on, on uh, weeds that they don't want to grow because it will inhibit these enzymes from growing. But I want to say tonight, God has sent a spiritual Roundup in our generation. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you tonight the chemical formula. Malachi 4. Acts 2, Revelation 10, and he's come in this generation, and he's sprayed this generation. And what it's done is it's made the heart of a believer, and there's plants all in, in this generation growing. And inside of the weed, they can no longer produce enzymes. Enzymes like lust... Enzymes like pride. And Satan begins to pour this over someone's heart. The gospel goes forth. And that roundup begins inside of the heart of a believer. The, the pride begins to begin. It can't grow anymore. The enzymes can't be produced. And because there's a seed inside of someone that has original life, they'll continue to grow without those enzymes. Because they've also made a, a chemical and they've made these trees uh, that, that have been genetically altered and have uh, now have roundup tall seeds that are genetically altered to thrive when sprayed with Roundup. And I want to say this, you've been genetically altered to accept this message. Others around you can't take it. The weeds can't take it. They just die off. Because when you take those enzymes of lust and all the things of this world and all the temptations and all the things of the spirit, they can't even live without them. They can't live without their pride. But you sprayed something on that like on a believer. And they've been, they've been genetically altered to accept that message. That roundup, that spiritual roundup. The weeds all around can't stand the message and they wither. 
little attitudes and spirits, temptations, can't stand to be in the contact of the message. You say, why is the, 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 the ministry always saying, get inside the message, get inside the word? They're trying to keep you inside the presence of that roundup that will keep foreign life from growing. A man coming back from a hard day's work, uh, of work comes inside the presence of a prophet beginning to speak, and it's like a roundup being applied. All the weeds, all the spirits that's coming glommed onto his life, all the grafted branches that Satan's tried to put inside of your life, all of a sudden start dying away. I'm so thankful for ministry that would apply this roundup. And there's, there's what they call crop dusters, and they'll come with planes, and they'll come so low, and they'll spray entire fields of, with roundup. And it's a dangerous job, Brother Tom. Coming in so low, they would, they would fly in these airplanes. But God would send a five-fold ministry and to continually apply the roundup of the Word that would keep that foreign life from growing. Little grafted branches that we've allowed inside of our heart and He'll send a roundup in this generation that will cleanse away foreign life from the true vine. Because God is the vineyard man and He is the vine, we are the branches. And He's not going to neglect the vine. And He's not going to neglect the, the, the branches. So as the ages have gone on and things have begun to slide and the church begin to lukewarm. He sends, some, he sends a revelation. He sends a Malachi 4 in this generation because he's not going to allow the vine to wither. He's not going to allow it to get uh, lukewarm. He's not going to allow it to not bear forth fruit. And oh, tonight, before we close, I wonder if we could realize the power of the spoken word. Because Brother Bram said the spoken word is the original seed. The spoken word is the original seed. Brother Bram said that the spoken word took root in the womb of a virgin. And, and Jesus came forth. The spoken word is the original seed. That original seed was deposited. That spoken word went out. It wasn't the seed of a man. It was the spoken word of God placed inside of the womb of a virgin brought forth Jesus Christ. And when we talk about the original seed... What does that mean? In the creation, when God was creating heaven and the earth, there was no seed. There was no life. There was no fruit. There was no, there was no trees. There was, no, there was no sort of life. And so what was the original seed? It was the spoken word. The spoken word, let there be, and a seed went out. The original seed came forth. It said, let there be light. And that seed went out. And Brother Bram said it might have taken billions of years, but all of a sudden that, that, that seed that went inside the ground began to bear forth light. And he said, let there be. And he said, let there be. And let there be. And there was water. And then he said, let there be the moon. And let there be the sun. And he began to put, let there be. It was the spoken word that was the original seed that went inside of the earth and started to bear forth fruit. And when he said, let there be light, light began to grow as the fruit of that tree. And he said, let there be the sun. Let there be the moon. That spoken word went out. And there's enough power inside of the spoken word. And I wonder tonight if you could get a hold of that spoken word and say, let there be. And there's enough power inside of that seed to not just get inside of the ground, but it begins to grow. And it begins to bear forth much fruit. And you might look at your situation, and it seems as if it was the blank canvas of the earth. It was God alone with his thoughts, alone in an empty universe. And all of a sudden, he speaks a word. The spoken word goes out. The original seed 
goes out. You might look at your situation, it just seems nothingness, deadness, blank, no life, no spiritual walk. Maybe you forgot what it was like to bear fruit. Maybe you forgot what it was like to really enter in in prayer. Maybe you forgot what it was like to come to a place when you're praying and all of a sudden this world just begins to slip away. You forgot what it was like to sing a song and tears begin to stream down your, your cheeks. You forgot what it was like to come to a service and so press into the Word where just everything just melts around you, just locked in, and you're pulling on the Word. You forgot what it was like to bear fruit. But the spoken Word is the original seed. And there's enough power inside of that seed to bear fruit inside of your life. And you might look at your situation and it seems bleak. But I pray tonight someone will be to say, let there be. And there's an original seed come outside of your life, come outside of your mouth. That word, that spoken word is the original seed. And you say, I claim my family. Let there be my wife. Let there be my husband. Let there be my child. Let there be joy in my situation. Let there be healing. And all of a sudden that seed goes out. And you watch it down through time, that seed begins to grow. And it begins to bear forth fruit. And all of a sudden you see a family come back together. You see joy come back together. You see love growing back in someone's life. Why? The spoken word is the original seed. And that seed has enough power to bring forth much fruit. I wonder tonight if some people need to start sowing some seeds. The spoken word, we, we just roll that off of our lips. Spoken word is the original seed. Spoken word is the original seed. What does that mean? What does that really mean? The spoken word is the original seed that has the power to bring forth life. And you might seem grafted. You might seem, there's things, these things in my life are just grafted as the musicians come. There's things in my life and just seems like spirits have begun to grow other fruit. There's a different life. There's something down inside of me. I just, I, but there's a calling. There, there's something there, Brother Michael. You know why? Because before the foundation of the world, you were genetically altered to accept this message. You were genetically altered to accept this word, this original seed. And when that original life, that original seed, when that spoken word goes out, you grab a hold of it. Because there's something inside of you that's calling out for that. I wonder tonight if there's some grafted branches that need to be cut off. So this is a really simple message. Satan would like to send things our way. We need to add little things. And it seems so small, so insignificant, just, so, just a little spirit. Something comes by our way and Satan from the tree of knowledge sends something over. Begins to grow inside, in, onto your tree. Tonight God's wanting to take that and just cut it away. He's saving you a lot of hurt down the road. He's saving you a lot of infection down the road. As we bow our heads tonight, the round just play something. I wonder if there'd be someone here tonight to say there's something inside my life that I just need to cut away. I've allowed some other seed life to grow inside my tree. And I just need something, a little spray come by your way tonight. A little bit of a word, a little bit of a gospel come by your way. I've been to kill off that thing. And it's been sucking the life out of you. Spiritually, it's been taking your life out. 
the joy that once flowed freely, the peace that once flowed freely, the prayer that once flowed freely. But Abraham says, you've let so many other things get it out of you. You let your job, you let your friends, you let the things of this world get it out of you. There's still power in the spoken word. Before we close tonight, I just wonder if someone would like to say inside of your own heart, like to put that on your lips and allow that original seed, that original life, to begin to grow once again. Say, Lord, can you cut that away? I see wild gourds. I see fruit that's not like you. It doesn't, it doesn't reflect that original life. It doesn't reflect that seed, Jesus Christ, that went down in the ground. A different life's there now. Purge me, O God. Cut away those things. Let's sing this song. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Michael had you close your eyes said maybe there's somebody here that's 
Got something that needs a little cutting away. That's what the word's all about. I believe you heard the word of God tonight. We don't need to look around the room. We just have to look inside. We know whether there's any suckers on the branch or not. Trying to suck out the life of what's in the branch. And you just say, Lord, would you do some trimming? Do some proper trimming. And every one of us knows exactly what needs to be trimmed out of our lives. Attitudes. Other things that try to get in there. And the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God, which is a sword, starts to cut away. And I I, I believe it was a wonderful word you heard tonight. Just let it cut away. And let the Holy Spirit then have the balm to put on that wound. So that germ... That perverted life can't get in. It can protect the branch. 